Hi everybody. Welcome. Uh, happy Wednesday. Hope everything is going well for you. Um, tonight we're going to talk, uh, it's part two of um, Dead or Alive. And what we're talking about is dead religion and alive religion. You know, it's always intrigued me that the most religious people of Jesus's day, the ones who knew God's word the best, rejected him. The very promised Messiah that they'd been praying for and waiting for and expecting. They just totally rejected him. The most religious people um, just rejected the Lord. And for many years, I've been interested in what causes a denomination or a group of people to start out just totally on fire for God with many salvations and miracles to become essentially dead over the years, a religious institution or uh, Christian that just becomes hard and cold. They go to church all right, but and maybe even the, read their Bibles or volunteer in the church, but the gospel is no longer alive in their hearts to the point that it affects their lives and their witness. They're no longer interested in souls. They're no longer interested in, in uh, repenting and staying right before the Lord. And so that's always interested me. You know, there's two types of religion that the Bible talks about. One religion that's alive and one religion that, that is dead. Uh, the religion that's alive is very pleasing to God. And the religion that is dead is not, and it's very ineffective. And history teaches us, the Bible teaches us, that we always need to be on our guards to keep our religion alive and working in, in our lives and not let it become dead. And we'll see later on, probably, probably next Wednesday, that even the uh, great disciple Peter and Barnabas were accused by Paul of having dead religion at one point. So if they can, if that could happen to them, it can happen to all of us, and we don't ever want that to happen. So as I said last week, during Jesus's ministry, he was continually confronted by with religious people who had dead religion. So um, some of these uh, religious people were in a group called the Pharisees, and we've been going through the book of Matthew, seeing all the times that Jesus was confronted with people who had dead religion. It just happened over and over and over and over again. And if it happened that much, it was recorded that often in the Gospels, then we really ought to take heed to it and, and see what was going on in their lives so that doesn't happen to us. Or if, it, or if we do see things in their lives, the Pharisees' lives that maybe we're kind of like them, we need to repent and change. So I've been going through the book of Matthew. We have been together to see what the characteristics are of religious people who have dead religion so we can avoid those pitfalls ourselves. So we're going to pick up at Matthew 12, 38, and the scriptures are all in the NIV Bible unless I, unless I say they're different. So Matthew 12, 38, it says, Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a miraculous sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment 
with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. See, the Pharisees were blind to the mighty works of God right in front of them and thought that those works were insufficient to prove that he was the Messiah. They had, they had seen Jesus perform miracles, healing all kinds of diseases and even raising the dead over, over the probably three years that he'd already been in the ministry at this time. And they refused to believe. And they, you know, basically were saying, well, if you show us a sign, we'll believe. But there had been sign after sign after sign, and they would not believe. Um, the people of Nineveh, Jesus is saying that the people of Nineveh, who were horrible sinners, are going to judge the Pharisees because the people of Nineveh listened to Jonah, and they uh, recognized their sin, and they repented. The Pharisees would not recognize their sin and would not repent. And so um, they are going to be condemned, <clears throat> which is very, very sad because they were very religious people. <clears throat> so uh, we need to be careful that when, when we're called on to repent, that we're able to do that and we're able to see the sin in our life. <clears throat> We see in these scriptures about the Pharisees and their interaction with Jesus and even John the Baptist that repentance comes up again and again and again and again. And we see that people with dead religion will not recognize that they have any sin in their life and they will not repent because they do not think they do anything wrong because they abide by all the rules. They follow all the traditions. They do everything just right so they can't be wrong. So we need to be really careful but that we never fall into that category. And that is easy to do, especially if we're trying really hard to please the Lord. Uh, it's easy to become self-righteous and think that you have, have arrived and that you are doing everything right. The next one um, in Matthew, the next occurrence is in Matthew 15, verse 1. Matthew 15, verse 1. It says, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Jesus replied, why do you break the commands of God for the sake of your tradition? So Jesus is telling the Pharisees that, that they would rather, the Pharisees are more interested in keeping their traditions than the very commandments of the Lord. And, and verse four, it says, for God said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, Whatever help I might otherwise have, you might have otherwise received from me is a gift devoted to God. He is not to honor his father with it. Ooh, thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. And so Jesus let them have it. Uh, the Pharisees were, were basically saying that the, uh, their traditions were more important than the commandments. And, um, basically they were telling people to give money to, um, 
keep the money themselves or give the money to uh, the, the synagogue instead of giving it, helping support their parents. And so Jesus was saying that they're hypocrites. They are um, honoring God with their lips, but their actions do something completely different. And that all their worship is totally in vain and their teachings are just rules taught by men. They're not teachings from the Lord. So they threw aside God's commandments and made their own commandments and their own traditions. And they, they formed those things into doctrine that, that took a higher place than God's rule, God's law. So we think about, you know, well, how can we put that into, you know, our present day thoughts? You know, where can we identify that in our present day thoughts? Well, have you ever heard a church person say, well, we've always done it that way, so we always need to do it that way, or we've always had the platform set up that way, or we've always had something painted this color, or or we have to have the service at 10 o'clock, we've always had it at 10 o'clock, or uh, we have to have the walls painted a certain color, or the altar call has always been done done this way, we have to do it this way, or the prayer line's always been done this way, we have to keep doing it that way. Um, we've always had this certain style of music. We, you know, we can't do anything different. We've always had it that way, or we've always done communion this way. See, those things are just traditions that can be changed. Um, they're not based on the word of God. They're not the word of God. Tradition, religious tradition kills true religion. And when we get stuck in a rut that we think that traditions or the way that things have always been done is actually uh, the Bible way, then we really need to take a second look at that. So we're going to continue in Matthew 15, verse 10. It says, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand what goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth is what makes him unclean. And see, the Pharisees were really, really into, you know, you can't eat this and this you know, has to be prepared a certain way. And if you eat the wrong thing, you're violating, you know, violating the law and, and just on and on and on and on. But Jesus was saying, it's not the kind of food that you eat that hurts you spiritually. It's your actions and your deeds, things like that hurt you spiritually. And that was a little bit too deep for the Pharisees because they can only, a Pharisee, a person with dead religion, only looks at the outside and how a person is acting on the outside. In verse 12, it says, Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? Ooh, people with dead religion are offended easily and offended a lot. <laughs> watch out for this. I just beg you to watch out for this. And watch out if you are getting offended because someone else got offended. That happens so often. Somebody will get offended by the preaching of the word of God. And then they tell somebody else how offended they were. And then that person gets offended. When um, I just encourage you, when someone tells you that they're offended, remember, just remember, remember, remember that that person is only telling you one side of the story. And that person might even be lying and and we've seen that happen very often that that somebody will get offended because somebody got else got offended but that person 
the first person was just lying about what happened. I remember one time in our church, uh, someone came to me and said that another person had told them that we as pastors refused to do their uh, daughter's memorial service. And I was really shocked because that was such a lie. But this person, the original person, had been spreading a lie and other people were getting offended about something that didn't even happen. So you have to be very careful about getting offended. Getting offended is somebody something that happens when people's religion is dead. Um, they're not finding God as their source. They're not relying upon the Lord. They're just getting offended. And people can get offended uh, just about at anything, even if you look at them wrong. And right after this scripture that talks about being offended, in verse 13, it says, He, Jesus, replied, Every plant that my fa heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them alone. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into the pit. And that is just such a, such a uh, sad statement. Because these people were so religious. They had so much invested into the law and into the synagogue and into their traditions and into uh, everything involved around that, but it, they were just blind, blind guides, and they were affecting other people and they were causing them to fall into a pit. People who are offended can be dangerous to buddy up with. Jesus said they made people fall, uh, that they were blind to God's grace and to miracles. In Luke 11, Jesus uh, said that they were like hidden graves that made unsuspecting people fall in. So that's a really, really, really scary thing to say about people with dead religion, um, that they're like hidden graves that make unsuspecting people fall in. That's, that's someone to avoid, I would think. In Matthew 16, 21, it says, um, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. See, people that have dead religion, this you know, these are the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and the... Um, the elders, you know, of the synagogue, the most religious people were, um, were going to be responsible for uh, Jesus' arrest, his beating, his crucifixion. So what we can learn from that is dead people, people with dead religion make true believers suffer. People with dead religion make true believers suffer. And I think one of the best examples of that was Saul. Um, in the Bible, he was an ultimate, ultimate religious guy. <laughs> and he, um, he, after he got born again in the New Testament, he spoke about his nature and how he was going after Christians. He was persecuting them. He was imprisoning them. Um, so we can see that people with dead religion are persecutors of those who are true to the word of God, true to faith. In Matthew 19, verse 1, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea 
to the other side of the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees came to him to test him. Isn't that sad? Instead of rejoicing in the wonderful works of God, they came with their noses stuck up in the air to test Jesus. See, people with dead religion, the Pharisees, love to tempt, accuse, and oppose Jesus. They continually tried to entangle him, uh, entangle Jesus, but Jesus was wiser than them. Um, now this next scripture is Matthew 21, verse 12, and it talks about the priest and the teachers of the law, which could include the Pharisees. Verse 12, it says, Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Verse 14, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple he, and he healed them. But when the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of God, David, they were indignant. Dead, people with dead religion are very uncomfortable around two true worshipers. Um, I remember one time uh, a lady, a visitor came to our church and she was just, she was just worshiping God with her whole heart. Um, and it was so refreshing and inspiring and wonderful. And person after person went, when they came, left the church, said to Pastor Terry, oh my gosh, you know, can you believe that she did that? You know, can you believe her? And, uh, my heart was absolutely broken when I heard what people were saying. Instead of worshiping the Lord and joining in to worship the Lord, the mighty King of Kings, our Lord and Savior, they, these religious people had their noses stuck up in the air and they were judging this person. And that is a travesty. And that is dead religion. Um, it says here that the Pharisees were indignant and the people that came to the door and spoke to my husband, they were indignant. How dare that person, you know, act like that in church. <laughs> and it's just jaw dropping and makes you just want to fall over and cry that people that are religious, that come to church every week, who know the word of God, who pray, that they would be so offended by someone worshiping the Lord with their whole heart. And that is dead religion. Then up earlier, it talks about uh, the money changers, um, the, the Pharisees, the, the elders, the priests, they were all in on this, accepting and condoning the, the, the money changing, the, the um, raising of money in, in this kind of way in the temple. And it was not what God wanted for his temple. And so that's, something that we need to um, uh, look out for. Pastor Terry talked um, last Sunday, I believe it was, on, on giving gimmicks that would be really good for you to listen to that we don't want to fall into following people who use giving gimmicks like that. Okay, Matthew 21, verse 31. Jesus said to them, again to these religious people, 
He talked over and over and over and over again to people with dead religion. I tell you the truth, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Now, for Jesus, to, for the Pharisees to have something like that said to them was to them had to be very offensive because they thought they were so much better than these people. In verse 32, it says, For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, but you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. So over and over and over again, we see that the Pharisees will not recognize that they have any sin in their life and will not repent. They just get offended and get angry. Verse 45. When the chief priest and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. Uh-oh. <laughs> they looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. You see, again, the religious people would not believe in Jesus, would not repent, but the everyday common people who the, the Pharisees would call sinners, they believed and they repented. Um, many years ago, or, or let me go back. Um, it says that uh, the Pharisees looked for a way to arrest him. So religious people, people with dead religion, are always looking uh, for ways to um, destroy um, people who are truly walking with the Lord. Many years ago, we had a person leave the church, and as this person walked out for the last time, they said, I'm going to destroy you, speaking of Pastor Terry and I, and I'm going to take as many people with me as I can. So we see religious people that have dead religion look out for their own interest and are very destructive. Matthew 22, verse 15 it says, then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him, Jesus, in his words. But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? And we can see over and over again, Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites. And that means an actor. In other words, there was something going on on the outside that wasn't there on the inside. So they acted religious, but inside they were, they were dead. They were just dead. Matthew 22, verse 34, um, it said, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested, trying to trap him, Jesus with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And I'm reading all of these and I think you'll find it fascinating how many, um, we've already spent one whole session, and this is the second session, on Jesus addressing the Pharisees and the Pharisees trying to trap Jesus and, and destroy him. Don't you find it fascinating how many times this is brought up? And I'm reading, I'm just going through this one by one just to emphasize how horrible dead religion is. Now we've gotten to the chapter Matthew chapter 23 and almost the whole chapter is Jesus addressing people with dead religion addressing the Pharisees 
So I asked you to read this last week, and uh, we're not going to get through it all uh, today, but um, it, it's just astonishing. And we just need to take all these scriptures to heart and just ask that the Lord would reveal to us if we have anything impure in our heart and just pray that he would cleanse us and make us whole. Matthew 23, here we go. Verse 1, then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Whoa, hypocrites talk one way, but do the other. They even praised God with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. And that's really important to think about when we think about, you know, am I a hypocrite? Am I have dead religion when we're worshiping the Lord? Is our heart right there with the Lord? Or are, are we thinking about the Lord? Are we concentrating on the Lord? Are, we, are our hearts really full into worshiping him? Or are we thinking about, you know, what we're going to eat for lunch? Or thinking about what the, you know, if we're in church, what the worship leader is wearing or if you know everybody in the worship team hit their notes or what the lights are like or how does it sound or who's standing in front of us or who's there a lot of times I've seen during worship services that people just look around instead of having their hearts hooked up with the Lord uh, verse four they tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them so the religious people burdened people with unnecessary rules and regulations and traditions, and they looked down on them, you know, like we, we know what's right to do and we're going to make sure you do it and just a very oppressive kind of environment. But the uh, Pharisees, the religious people did not do anything to try to ease their burden or, or to help them in any way spiritually that was really of any effect. Verse 5, everything you do is done to, for men to see. They make, um, they make their phylacteries wide and the tassels of their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seat in the synagogues. They love to be greeted in the marketplace and to have men call them rabbi. So they loved pomp and circumstance and position and titles. And when it talks about phylacteries, what that means is uh, back in that day, they used to make uh, boxes that went on their foreheads and on their uh, wrist, and they put their prayers inside of there. And um, what the Pharisees did, because they were so good, is they made those boxes bigger and bigger and bigger, and so they could be seen, and, and they looked more holy, more religious, uh, more spiritual. And so we have to be careful if we're, we're doing on the outside anything that makes us look more spiritual when we really aren't. Um, they like to be seen by people. They like places that were places of honor. And we need to be really careful that we're not doing anything like that. And they also, on, on the edge of their garment, they had tassels. And they made their tassel, tassels bigger and longer and better. To, and, and to them, it made them feel like they were more spiritual. And it was just a show, and we need to be careful um, that we don't do anything in our day and age that would be like that to make ourselves look more spiritual than we really are. And outward appearances, things we do on the outside, 
has nothing to do with who we are spiritually and what our heart is and what our actions are. Then in verse 13, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. So the, the uh, Pharisees and the teachers of the law made such such big, so many traditions and so many rules and so many regulations and so many laws that the people that they were leading, there's no way they could make it into the kingdom of heaven uh, listening to the Pharisees. Um, and one reason is that the Pharisees trusted in keeping the law. And the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So trusting in the law and then especially all the ridiculous traditions that they had made up, that they had made into basically equal or above Bible doctrine. There's no no one that could follow them and keep them. So there's no way, according to their laws and their rituals and everything, that, that any of those people who they would call sinners could get into the kingdom of heaven. And even the Pharisees could not get into the kingdom of heaven follow all, following all those laws and traditions. Instead of faith in God, you know, in the Bible, in the New Testament, it talks about Abraham being justified by faith. Well, the Pharisees are the complete and total opposite of that. The Pharisees were not justified because they had no faith in the Lord. They had faith in their traditions, in their laws, and their regulations, and it was a heavy burden, and um, no man could be justified that way. So uh, we're going to continue with chapter 23 next week. And as I said, I think you just find it amazing how many times the Pharisees are talked about and how horrible they were and what basically an abomination they were to the kingdom of God. And we don't want to ever be like that. And so um, let's just have it be our prayer that God would reveal to us anything that's in our heart and our lives that is dead religion that we want to be pleasing to God, we want to be alive spiritually, we want to be full of love and grace and compassion. So I'll pick this up next week. Bye-bye.